0: You're listening to the Road to Wisdom podcast, weaving stories told by wonderful minds about all things motherhood, health, intimacy, politics, nature,
1: and everything in between. Join us on an adventure discovering unique experiences that we can learn from to enhance the ways in which we live. We are your hosts, Chloe and Kishia. Welcome everyone to the Road to Wisdom podcast. We are very fortunate today to have Melanie Deholtz back in the studio for round number two. Um, Melanie came in for one of our earlier episodes and it was very popular and lots of people had questions. And I think you put a lot of people's minds at ease mm-hmm. um, and made made Steiner's philosophies, Steiner's philosophies um, just a little bit more... ...digestible for people. So, thank you. And now we're back for round two. There are about 740 different topics that we want to discuss with (laughs) you today. But we're going to keep it in the realm of the birth space... ...because it's a little bit relevant Mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, And how that ties into nativity. And we might throw in a couple of massive (laughs) curveballs... If we, if we can. Choose our own adventure. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. What if we can add like little clicks? (laughs) Do you want to go to porn or (laughs) birth space? What's What's your name mean?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, so welcome, Melanie. Um, Thank you for coming in again.
2: Thank you for asking me back. It's good to be here. Yeah, well,
1: someone who has five children, I couldn't imagine we could be in better presence right now (laughs) Mm. after you came we were like let's have another one so here we are (laughs) you planted seeds i don't know what's happening with this podcast but like everyone's popping up pregnant honestly there was a period of time where a couple of
0: we recorded and then there was like multiple people let us know that they were pregnant including us and we were like what happened what did we do <laughs> did are, we, are, are we is it because of us like okay, did we cages. say
2: something do we do something when, yeah. what's that special drink i said no to <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the
1: good stuff it's the oh. juice <laughs> um yeah so right. i guess we, we'll start with like even preconception because yeah. i guess that's that is where it starts planting little spirit baby seeds yeah um whether you're trying to get pregnant or not (laughs) I guess those seeds can attach so yeah take it away Melanie
2: yeah it's interesting isn't it because I was um you know turning my heart towards this conversation this week and um you know there's so much work on this sort of practical part of being pregnant and birth and as you know (laughs) the life you know, the timeline of life after birth is way longer than the pregnancy and birth process. And even though they're absolutely essential part of it, you know, how do we um, during pregnancy or pre pregnancy consider the task that we're actually saying yes to? There's an actual being wanting to come to earth. ...with a deed to do, with a job to do, something to contribute to humanity. And we've said yes to shepherding them through that. And so it's kind of interesting for me to sort of maybe... ...yeah, have that conversation with you both... ...because alongside of juggling four children and your partners... ...and um, preparing for your birth... ...who is this being that's with us two of them in the space right now you can fit the room does actually feel fuller (laughs) they're here (laughs) so yeah so as a parent like um there are indications about who's coming and often I think is we think that they're going to show that light when they're born but it's actually not until their adulthood that we see the light that we met so, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, like, you might not be this one yet, but your other children, you know, you pick up something about them. Like, you might go, oh, they're really, I don't know, you can feel their humor, this warmth of movement, or you can feel the peace, or there's not, it's not even a word you can put on it. Like, you can feel them, you're with them, you're with each other. And then they're born and they're not that, or they are that for the first sort of 12 months, maybe. And then they sort of seem to be getting further away from that. And so um, our task is to sort of consider how would I work with this person so that they can be that in their future, so that they can bring that in their future rather than wanting to, for them to be it now. So part of the pregnancy is to consider your awakening to that who's there and how much of yourself has to move out of the way to perceive that it's Mm. pretty big. It's a pretty, you know,
1: I have not been giving this enough thought. (laughs) (laughs) I've been like, you know what podcast? And and I think I kind of have shared with a few people and I'll share with everyone out there right now that, um, with my fourth baby, I, you know, it took a, a fair bit of convincing my husband, um, and and he's like, okay, but four four's our number, four's our number, and I'm like, you know what, I'm good, four four's our number then, um, and I really, you know, there was a proper like bringing her in, and I already had like before I was even pregnant, I was already thinking about, you know, we were building this house, and I'm like, oh, where would be a good space, or what would be a really good area for birthing and like <laughs> just organizing all of this stuff um and then fell pregnant and then um you know sat in it I guess it was COVID as well so it was quiet and we got like we weren't super busy work-wise and so I could just like soak in the juices of being pregnant the kids weren't at school all that often because things were open things were closed blah, blah so I got to like be with my kids and we got really like we all got maternal, we got some baby chicks, it got really like <laughs> juicy and yeah, all like just sitting in that space. And I was like kind of I was still working a little bit, but I was still like pushing away work as well. Cause I'm like, no, this is my last baby. I really want to <laughs> be in it. Um <laughs> <famous> last words. <laughs> and um and then this time round, I guess ...like little mystery baby that we're still trying to nail down a conception date. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not in that anymore. I'm not in that space anymore. Yeah. I kind of like I I sat in it and like my postpartum was really juicy... ...and like I did as much as I could to kind of be held and stay in the bubble... and. Like wanted to breastfeed for as long as possible and all of this stuff because I'm like it's the last time, it's the last time, it's the last time. I'm getting like super emotional about it because <laughs> I'm like oh man like last time, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm now I find myself in this position where this is the last time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's interesting because you're actually freed of that romantic idea, isn't it? Because mm. even though you're like I'm enjoying it, it's kind of unfree as well because you're like I have to be in it more. Yeah. Whereas this one's like. Asking for something really different. Well, I think You've been freed.
1: Yeah. And, like, this baby's come in at a time where, you know, everything's opened up for us now. And I'm feeling this energy to put towards... ...and it's being put towards this podcast. Like, when we both started this, we were kind of, like... We were both just like, no, nah, no babies on the horizon. We were like planning <laughs> holidays of like, yeah. We were actually
0: even planning to most likely be moving to Italy with you guys yeah. this coming year. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, with our eight kids. Because we're like, eight each kids. has a, like, this is a perfect even number and <laughs> it's going to be so good. Yeah. And now it's going to be <laughs>
1: a year later ten with children. 10 kids. <laughs> it's a lot of kids. Mm. It's a lot of kids. But, you know, there was. You know, I kind of had this like formulation going of like what life was going to look like and where all my energy was going and like my kids are getting older so that I'm getting a little bit more freedom there and which created this space for the like energy output. And now this baby's coming and I'm like, I hope you know that what your sister experienced (laughs) is not going to be your journey. (laughs) And I'm like... Trying to, yeah, I guess. Being okay trying, with that. Yeah. To you, you have to be
2: okay with that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think, like, I think I am. I think I was very much like, okay, we're doing this. Well, you got to, like, you must know what you're coming into. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and we've had these discussions, like, of setting really strong boundaries boundaries around, um, like, I know in my postpartum I need to recover because... While I kind of did it with Poet, I didn't really. And I ended up with mastitis and like all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah. So there's that aspect that I'm like mm. trying to plan for and get ready for. Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be gazing at you all that much. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: just oh not there though. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I
0: reckon you will in like a couple of months.
2: Yeah. It gets, changes. And that mm. I think the thing that is for me is that this mystery, mm. isn't it? Because actually to live with a mystery is to not try and grab hold of it or put anything on it or decide anything. It's actually to live in that taking in, which is what you're doing um, physically. You know, you're stretching out and taking in and allowing that space for the other. And so in this sort of connection, it's not romanticising it or clinging to it or naming it, but it's actually being in that wonder Mm. ...of this mystery.
1: And it is. Yeah. It's like it is... ...there's so much wonder in this... ...because yeah. like every part of this journey so far... ...I'm still just like, how? <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, like... ...I mean, I've chosen at this stage... ...to not seek external validation... ...for whatever's happening in my belly. And, and so you know really trying to tap in every now and then and I've had a couple of kicks which have been nice but I'm like like but are you still there like (laughs) is there a baby in there and you know and I go through these phases of you know Mm. questioning myself all the time but I can assure you there's definitely a baby in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah but then it is it is nice being in that unknown and it's something that I mean we spoke about before even falling pregnant how mm. pregnancy and birth and like the whole that whole time of life invites you to sit in the mystery yeah that's right and mm. and yeah and this that's time exactly, I'm really sitting in the mystery That's exactly what I feel <laughs> like
0: there's a, a huge difference between this pregnancy and my previous pregnancies, because previous pregnancies because I'm so out of my head with this one yeah, that's right. I'm just like it's an experience that's happening with me, with the baby, with my family and the only things that I've really thought about is like I hope that I'm. we're working towards hopefully living up on the mountain and I'll just be having a baby there and I've had a dream about the baby earlier on, about what its name is and what sex it is <gasps> and that's all I've... And then I'm like that's it, like that's the only...
2: That's it. That's it. That's a lot. That's it. That is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot but it's also not Sex what I would need. You're not trying to grab onto like it. Like people like, oh,
0: what's your plan? I'm like, I just don't have one. I'm not really thinking about it. I also don't really care. Like this yeah. is my fifth baby. I'm so not... I'm just... It's just happening.
2: Well, you're you're honouring it in a different way. Mm. And that's what's, what's so beautiful about having various children is you can hear that this, Im- this particular child calls something different. Mm. which is what they're like on earth don't they it's not a conveyor belt of parenting going on there's Mm. like you have to meet them individually and so when it's so different Mm. it's like hard to explain that to other people but why do we need to explain it to other people it's just different so you are with it you're just with it in a different way yeah and being with it isn't organizing you know an excel spreadsheet about what you're going to do and when you're going to do it but to be with this sort of I'll hear what I need to do when I need to do it. Because it it is, they're just so different. Like I just knew who I needed to be near, who needed to be my care provider or not, or following that um, is, you know, I know that's not strong for everyone, but there is this sort of deeper mystery taking place and um, that's very different to this material getting ready.
0: It's It's not spoken about often it's usually like a list. They're all just lists. Yeah. So like what do you physically need for your baby? What is your birth plan? What are you packing in your <laughs> hospital bag? It's very much like this external thing happening, but it's never like
2: who are you perceiving? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny, one of my um dear friends just had a baby recently and um for the few months before her birth and then we did I did a blessing way with for her you know we just our phone calls were just filled with what she was perceiving what she was going through that week what was being prepared between her husband and herself like all this sort of readiness that has to happen energetically to let someone in Mm. are we talking about that do you know what I mean like because it is there's so much that that this little one can't have you taking with them so we have to go through like a a clipping and a transforming of ourselves, not just our body but who are we and how we're going forward really is happening in pregnancy as well because Mm -hmm. who they need you to be is ready for Mm -hmm. them. And um, so it's really, you know, it's not to try and grab words of it but to really sort of sit with how that nourishes you very differently to, yeah, I need this many suits and I need the car seat in and that all happens that's like yeah. that all especially happens especially like fifth
1: time around you've already got it all it's there
0: <laughs> unless you're me with my first baby who literally didn't wear clothes because I was just like what is this I can't even put clothes on you it's just a blanket and that's it it's all. and I remember rocking up to like one of my first um midway like at her little studio space and I took Birdie there and I was like sorry I just couldn't even dress her and she was just like okay <laughs>
1: I still laugh about it because it's just <laughs> yeah what a time <laughs> that's right and she survived so... like for everyone who doesn't have the right number of suits <laughs> Birdie survived <laughs> she's doing great <laughs> she was a summer baby She, she well. dropped, Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's interesting though because you, you could you could consider though what um like I just know with one of my children when she was when I was pregnant with her I just felt this like enormous strength like she just was just like a powerhouse you know I could just feel this like really deep strength and um her sister who was already on earth was really like um would spend a lot of time on my lap and you know but then the moment that her sister was born it was she just fled my lap like it was like her like this baby came in ...coming in with her strength gave her sister these wings... ...to just kind of this confidence to be in the world. And when we went to playgroup the first time after I birthed the baby... ...everyone was like, we can't believe your first child is just so different. And it's like, yeah, this baby's carrying this in- enormous, you know, strength... ...because it's really there, like you can feel it for that first few months. And, um, and then she went through childhood <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was like she ended up being really really sensitive like she's very perceptive like overly perceptive and that would rock her you know she because she's picking up so much and now it's sort of 19 it's like I'm seeing that powerhouse come back it's here it's just about ready to walk into adulthood and ...that's kind of what I'm talking about, like when this mystery... ...like I, I don't even know if the word is strength... ...but I just no, I know I can perceive it, I can feel it... ...and I'm now starting to see it grow in this woman... ...because she's had like... Um, ...you know, like if over-perception you grab it... ...it turns into kind of anxiety... ...and yeah, she's just been travelling around the world by herself. Incredible, like just not surviving but absolutely thriving... And this, this capacity that she's got is just showing itself now. And it's really just incredible to like just even think about what that pregnancy asked of me, you know. And some of what your, your personality in your pregnancy is not even you. Do you know, how, like have you ever noticed you get new parts of yourself? Yeah. Mm. Sometimes it's the baby. They're like preferences for colour. I had one that like I just couldn't get enough blue Like I wanted to eat blue. Like I just had to have blue (laughs) around me the whole, and not even on purpose, but the whole birth room, everything was blue in it. Like it was just like this colour was not my preference. Mm. But it's this person carries this still as a 10-year-old, like has this real (laughs) fascination with blue, but not like a personality, like blue is my favourite colour, like blue does something for me it does you know what I mean it moves Mm. them back into their selves and so yeah I think it's really awesome to be having those conversations and considering who is here and what am I having to sort of trim off in preparation for who's to come (laughs) and what have all these other kids got you ready for yeah like if every child has got you ready for the next child that's what I just like Sometimes it's like in such awe, like ha- who's coming? Like when our fifth child came in, I was just like, holy moly. <laughs> These ones have put me through the ringer. What's this one going to do? <laughs> what muscles have I got?
1: Yeah, I feel that. I'm like, because I've been talking a lot about my previous births with people and how, um, how you know, I had my first birth with my my daughter and, it was just, it was hectic. It was so what you would see in Hollywood and, you know, and I I feel like half the reason it was like a Hollywood movie is because that's all I knew about birth and it just, that's what transcribed. Um, and then I had these two beautiful home births with my boys and they were so simple and just and blissful and easy. And I'm like oh it's because I wasn't in a hospital so when I was pregnant with my fourth I was just like an hour tops like surely an hour tops and it was my longest most trialing birth so now I'm like hands up don't know what it's gonna be like I'm I'm not making any predictions like my first three babies were all born on the new moon and so I was like prepped on the new moon for my fourth I was like yep it's coming like this baby's coming now and then that new moon came and went and I was like it must be the next new moon so I'm like prepping for an extra four like a 45 week. Week pregnancy. <laughs> pregnancy. I would have nearly been 45 weeks and I'm like all right we're in the long haul a new oh moon baby God. full moon comes around and boom like and then longest labor I've had experience so far and then she came into the world and I was like right, what the hell is that so yeah. all my preconceived notions of me knowing myself
2: <laughs> I'm like yeah. this is that, that <laughs> thing of holding on to what you know mm. rather than living in the mystery of the not known and it's like you have to take all the wisdom that you've learnt and take it forward but live like you know nothing and that's what you know what I mean like yeah. that whole idea well this is the way it's always been And how do we hear that in our voice and just let it be unknown? Just let it be something we're turning over in our heart rather than trying to grab hold of. Because it all Mm. kind of makes sense on the other side. Like every birth of mine was just so different, and who was in the space was different. What turned up, you know, because I'm like you feel who's in the room. Like you have to be very careful about who's around. Um, And actually, my. 13-year-olds just doing a birthing main lesson at school. They do like where the, their relationship to the cosmos and their birth story is part of their, um, their class. the kids, hey? like, <laughs> Stein, That's so good. And, um, and it was funny because she had to interview her father and I and um, she's like, but Dad didn't say that and Dad didn't say that. I said, yeah, because they're two people perceiving an experience in a different way, you know, and that's all it is it's your perception it doesn't mean it's right or wrong it's just how you understand what you're perceiving and um so yeah and it is so different like what I cho- what I chose for our fifth child you I would be surprised you know in my holding on to what I thought it would mm-hmm. be But I'm like, no, I'm going to the birth centre because it's really hot and I don't have air conditioning at home (laughs) (laughs) and I don't want to be hot. So (laughs) I'm going to go to the birth centre in Byron. (laughs) But um, Valid reason. (laughs) (laughs) it's No, but it's also I just knew I needed to be there. I knew what room I was going to go into. Even I had a doctor who had this deep... um, he knew his task was with me and the baby. Like it was really this very karmic experience where he was like, he just got blinkers on. He was just like, he just had something for me. And now when I see him, he doesn't even know me. Like it was just like that moment, that time. And he like rolled up his sleeve. He hasn't delivered a baby in a long time. He's like moved my husband out of the way and just sat with me in the space while James is like, where do I go? (laughs) Because (laughs) this guy's just stepped in and, but there was just... And, you know, I followed that because, yeah, it it makes no sense that I did that... ...but I knew I had to follow it because I knew I saw it. I saw that before I even went into labour. Knowing Mm -hmm. what room I was going to be in. I'd never even been there. I just saw the colour Mm -hmm. of the room. And then, of course, when we're in labour, I'm like, "Mm, of course... ...that's the room we're going into. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) my God. And,
1: uh, yeah. That's so beautiful just for any pregnant mamas out there... ...and whether you've had babies or not... It is such a relaxing bleh, such a relaxing thought. It's the baby talking <laughs> <laughs> Taking over. Yeah. Um, knowing that your baby, no matter what way your baby comes through, that's exactly how they need it to. Exactly. So yeah, I'd
2: and that's what know. I think was for me, I could really let go into that for the at the fifth time because um I just know my responsibility to these individual spirits that I'm living with and um, I just have to turn up with what I've got and and I have a responsibility to grow what I need for them. But putting my idea onto them is something that I feel actually impinges upon my parenting. Like if this idea that this is the way it has to be actually stops me being able to perceive in their future... Or needing that flexibility for them. Mm. So, you know, I mean, I didn't know I was pregnant until I was 20 weeks pregnant with Silas. She was actually a surprise. Proper mystery. I found out by her moving. I went, oh, my God, what is that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, she really slipped in. <laughs> like as in I was very. I was sick with something at the time. So all of my symptoms were mask, explained mask. away by mm. this um illness that I had and I was be- had been in bed for many months with this thing and it was then I felt her moving around I'm just like what the heck is that and um oh my god
0: I just think about that and it blows my <laughs> mind and so <laughs> um, that's how we would have all known once before exactly yeah, really. and what was
2: really interesting was a couple of weeks before that I was sitting in the car and I heard the word I heard the name Silas and I was like Wow, that's a really beautiful name, but I'll never need another baby name again. And I literally watched I watched the name just fly out the car window and I was like, "Yeah, see you later. I don't need you." And then I was like, "So Come apparently back. we do." <laughs> Come back. So, oh my gosh. So, I didn't know what the baby was going to be, but I just knew when we found out. I was like, and I never told another person, never spoke to my husband about the name. I just held it until Right at the end, and I said, "This is the name." I actually, told my mentor before I told James, and um, but and her name her name is like um, prayed for or wished for. That's what it means. Aww. And it was
0: like, "Is this your third baby?" Fifth, fifth. oh, fifth baby, yeah.
2: Fifth. So I had, I don't know who was praying for her. <laughs> but it was, it was James? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so really leaning into what she required was very different to what I needed and um and who was in the room and how it was going to be there was things that I tried to hold on to which actually ended up being erroneous not for her but even for the kids like oh you all have to be there like I wouldn't let them (laughs) go anywhere for like the month because I have really fast labors as well so we didn't even know if I was going to make it to the hospital like that you know, my longest labour was two hours, and so, but previous to that was like fifty minutes from contraction to baby. So we were like, "Am I even going to make it there?" Mm. So the eighteen-year-old and the seventeen-year-old weren't allowed to go anywhere. So they hated summer, waiting for her. <laughs> and but that was me. That was when I was mm. trying to control it. You know, it's like, and that's the thing is like you. There is part of you that's leaning into it, but there's always going to be part that you're trying to cling on to that you don't want to let go of, you know Mm. what I mean? And you learn it as you go. But it is so essential to recognise, to go back to beyond me, beyond what I want, beyond what your husband and you talk about or your partner talks about. This being is needing this configuration of people to come into this earth ..for their future to take up that task. And everything that happens in their life between birth and adulthood... ..is a preparation for being able to bring themselves forward. And there's no richer time to perceive them than pregnancy... ..and that first few months after birth. Like actually perceive who it is you're seeing there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one of the things in the um, anthroposophic sort of pictures is to work with the Sistine Madonna it's a it's a um a a painting and it's the painting where um where Mary is coming down it's like she's looks like she's coming down from the heavens she's got Jesus and you can see all these there's these curtains and you can see all these faces of babies waiting to come in the painting but I didn't even know they were there until someone's told me and I'm like they are like it's incredible so she's gone up to the heavens taken her baby down so when they talk about you're going to the stars to get your baby you know it's like you're you're mm. literally in your birth you are the closest to the spiritual world that you'll ever be you're, you're actually the furthest away from earth mm. in between contraction so when you're in contraction you're right on the earth and then in between it you're Going up to the heavens to bring the baby down. It's really beautiful. So, um, and then the way it's sort of in the painting, she's got, they've got these, uh, the seraphim and the cherubim at the bottom, which is the highest order of angels, and she's above them in this picture. So, one of the things is to sort of consider or just to look at that picture while you're pregnant. And again, not grab hold of anything, but to. ...to say yes to this mystery that you're participating in.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it's a really nice thing to touch on... ...or just like bringing it into like a practical sense right now. Because we're talking about birth so much now. There's podcasts everywhere. There's like the free birth movement. There's so much going on and being spoken to. And I feel like a lot of us cling on to ideas and what we think we need and, oh, that sounded like really good. I'm going to get that and I'm going to have that. Mm -hmm. And I got that reality really beaten out of me in my second pregnancy because I was like, no, I'm having a home birth, I'm having this, I'm having that, this is what I'm doing. And then that didn't go to plan. And I remember feeling so comforted when someone said to me, this is just what your baby needed mm-hmm. and that wasn't your plan, but that was her plan and you have to figure out that for, yeah. for your baby. And it's not always going to work out how, you know, like your beautiful vision of what your birth is going to be. That's right. It's actually not, it's not real.
2: What's it's that? Not, it's not always that, for you. It's for your that baby. It's selfless devotion really, which is different. So you're, you need to advocate. Mm. Someone needs to advocate for you while you're in mm. labour or you're having the cesarean, someone needs to advocate for you because you aren't of this earth in Mm. some ways. But it's that, um, yeah, how do I say yes to everything that comes with it? Mm. Which, you know, in parenting that's one of the most difficult things is that we don't feel our, our unfree moments are because we've got an idea of what we thought they should or shouldn't be doing. And that starts with birth. Mm-hmm. And I know with my first child I was 24 years old. You know, and that was like 22 years ago. So it's, there was not the birth stuff there is around now. There was like Sheila Kitzinger and a couple of books. That was it. And um, I remember I booked into a birth centre in Melbourne and um, they said... Um, you you need to go you know go around to the hospital and there's all these women that were like no I'm not going to go look at the hospital because this is the birth I'm having and even at 24 I was like well this is your intention Mm. but you need to kind of know what's happening over there so that someone can advocate for you in that time like and we have to be open to all it's like we have to penetrate all pathways so that in that moment we know what call to follow Mm. and what not to follow Do you you know what I mean? It's like because if you have only an idea, then how does your wise part lead you somewhere else if you haven't looked at those doorways? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's for me is when I'm like working with that painting is like what does it mean to hear what the other needs? Mm. And, of course, you're in that, you know, like how people are how they're acting what they're how they're talking like I know with um Silas our fifth baby because it was in the Byron um birth center and the floors are really noisy in there (laughs) it's like the bath filled up in eight minutes which is good because I have a quick birth but the any walking was really distracting distracting like it was like and tapping on the I could hear someone tapping on the keyboard computer work and so I said to my husband can you just um Turn some music on and never had music before, ever. Because I just never needed it. Like I just needed that space. But you're just so hyper aware of everyone. And uh, the song that was playing As She Birthed is like so incredible. Like the lyrics are just like... ...and even those lyrics helped me parent her. Just what was being said in that song was like... ...I see your light... And, um, and so for me that mystery is part of raising her like she needs something for her future that we, we don't even know what their future's going to be really, do we? The strength yeah. that they're going to need. But I just know that um, she brought me closer to truly understanding this spiritual task of parenting. Mm-hmm. So there's this sort of physical world that we're in. And not to sort of get really like new agey, but to recognise that there's this there's the spirit that lives in all the deeds that we do. That it's a spirit led life, you know. That this has a meaning for your future that will eventually, hopefully, unfold with strength. And um, and that's one of the things about Steiner's work is to get them to adulthood so they have an inner freedom, genuine inner autonomy. ...which is different to fighting for our rights outside mm. of ourselves. It's this inner autonomy to know thyself and to know um, who you are and to hold on to that. And then a love for the world and a, such a love for the world... ...that you will, you will contribute to mm. the world and you will bring who you are to the world. Mm. And it sits behind all of that activity. It doesn't matter where your child goes to school... ...that might resonate with you is that... ...so that the birth process is part of that for me is like... ...there's me participating in it and then there's me being led in it. And how do I um, prepare to be led where I might not, you know... ...have planned. ...have planned. Mm -hmm. And also not to shut down people's experience because sometimes you have to digest that afterwards, that that wasn't what I really wanted or – but um, – and you can't kind of just squirrel it away by going, well, that's just what the baby needed either because that's painful, you mm-hmm. know, like if if it's not lined up. So, yeah, how do I be in it enough so that I'm fully there but there's a flexibility of what's taking place? And so part of that for the sort of um, – pregnancy from a sort of anthroposophic picture is to try and consider this incredible spiritual mystery that's taking place and it's an initiation I mean you know people go on these spiritual journeys as adults but parent parenting birthing and parenting is like a fast track the ultimate initiation yeah by fast track you mean the (laughs) longest road you can take to spiritual initiation. (laughs) well it's quickening it's requiring you to do it all day, oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's literally like a thousand days you Yeah, <laughs> but it's the opposite because you're just talking a lot. <laughs> so like when I you're not <laughs> yelling a lot,
0: <laughs> when you're <laughs> never sleeping or resting.
2: <laughs> That's the thing is when you're not sleeping and you still turn up. What part of you is turning up? It's the part that said yes to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. not, like if you knew, knew what part. you were <laughs> saying yes to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not the not the most. I think it part is though because
2: so, <laughs> why would you get up if it wasn't your best part? But why also, would you I get up? I
0: actually saw on the on the. This morning I saw this mom and I just was, like, quickly looking at our Insta potty Instagram. And she had, like, posted something, like, for sale, two-year-old, <laughs> being funny, wakes three to four times a night, does this, does that. And it's just a photo of her, like, she's dying. And she's, like, I haven't slept for four years. <laughs> but look at this fucking amazing breakfast I've just made. And look how blessed I am, like, the babysitting sitting there. Like she, and it's just funny, but I just really felt it. And I was, like, yeah, that's just is yeah. that devotion isn't yeah. it is it's that like actual you actually do you wake up every morning and you survive yeah. and you just get it you just do it yeah. and it's not and like at the end, end of, of the day is, yeah
1: you're not like well that just fucked up my day like at the end of the it day you're like ruin your day <gasps> they're you just like just asleep and, and you're like
2: oh how i don't know how cute yeah. they are. But that's <laughs> the, that that's the free part of yourself because on some level you did say yes to it do mm-hmm. you know and that's that's what's so incredible about it is that that part of yourself that doesn't hold it against them all day is the free part of yourself and how do I grow that part of myself so mm-hmm. that that's in operation mm-hmm. all the time. And it is it is tricky, you know, like we were finished having babies. Like we had an 18-year-old and a 7-year-old, like <laughs> done, done, you know, between 18 and 7 and, you know, even... Still, like it is hard. Like I'm 46 years old, like getting this child in and out of a car seat. And each time I'm like I hear myself, ugh doing it. And then I like somewhere in you said yes to this. You know, and there's such a massive responsibility for it. It's actually not even about um it's not about me. It's that this human being needed these this configuration of people. And we said yes <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> ...somewhere we said yes <laughs> but... Um, still trying to nail that point
1: down but it did happen. <laughs> yeah
2: but I, it really has, um, you know, it's not to be idealistic... ...but to actually go when I can consider the spiritual task of these human beings. This is not this romantic idea about just wanting a baby... ...and wanting mini-me's or whatever it's actually going. This is the future of humanity mm. right here. Mm. What how would I turn up for that task yeah. and so and how would I honour it? So you've got that sort of uh, six weeks after birth where, um, well, I mean, the fact that you're pregnant for how long you're pregnant for, it's kind of like ten months and so from a Zodiac point of view, they're kind of missing two to three star signs in the... Tw- ...if you did a full 12 months, they would be in the womb for the whole Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Possible to birth a baby that that's it's not you can't do that. So they come out sort of with this sort of missing piece of this twelve zodiac, and so that kind of three months after birth is really like the, complete, com- the completion of that. Mm. And so again, depending on your life, depending on what baby you're up to, is that um, how you might want to honor that? And for us, we. Um, Stayed in my pretty much close to my room for six weeks, like didn't leave the house. Wow. Um, and yeah, so specifically, like for one child, we didn't leave my bedroom for three weeks. Like I went out to go to the bathroom, she never left. We mm-hmm. did it different with each one. One actually ended up in hospital for nearly you know on and off for eight months, so that was different for her. She had a whole different relationship to it, and then of course, Silas was different again, but um. ...there's a sort of this, just this imagination around this sort of three months afterwards. And what is essential? You know, because there are essential things when you've got five children to be doing... ...and there's, there's then honouring where this other person is. Mm. And that doesn't change. Like we've got 22-year-old conversations and we've got three-year-old conversations in the house... ...and like we're constantly having to move between this spectrum of needs... And, again, what helps is putting the spirit of the other first, you know, knowing that Phoebe's still developing into adulthood. Silas is, like, in a toddlerhood and everyone else is in between. Um, so that six weeks afterwards or, you know, six weeks of sort of staying in. Um, I know that they there's many books about that sort of nourishment for the mother and the kidneys and the sort of the energetics for the mother. But there's also this sort of... A softening into the world for the baby, that mm-hmm. they they're not separate from anything because they're this this open being. Mm. and everything that's happening, they have to digest everything, like everything that's in the space, everyone's thoughts, everyone's feelings, everything. And so um keeping them kind of in for me is like helping them have less colicky stuff cuz mm-hmm. they're digesting less. Yeah. I found that really true for my children.
0: I think even from like a more scientific perspective like good chiropractors and things like that, that's what they say they're like you need to just lower it. Like yeah. stay inside, yeah. turn the lights off, turn yeah. the music off, that's turn right. the TV off, turn exactly. everything off. Have less, calm, less yeah. colors, yeah, less sound, like all of it smells, like yeah. nothing like really tone it down because that's actually what the, the fuss is, exactly. yeah, like they have to process that. And that's that's right. why babies go to sleep when they're out and about. They're like, everyone's like, "Oh, look how good your baby is!" And You're like, trying to get down. Shutting, down. <laughs> shutting down. We it call it teleporting.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're like, wonder where they're teleporting to. Yeah.
0: It's like and trying just to cannot keep keep cope it. with it. They cannot handle. Right. Being that's right. They wouldn't be able to engage with that, so they exactly. just sleep. And then everyone wonders why they get home and their baby scream. doesn't sleep all night. And They yeah, scream and they're like, "Yeah, have
1: to." That's so interesting too. That like. ...like the digestion and the colic, like that link of your... ...like as soon as they come earthside, they are. They're digesting new information and like when you put it in terms of... um, ...the aware parenting stuff, it's like that's, that's a stress. Like every time they've introduced to something new might only be a little bit of stress but it's still a stress that they need mm. to process and that will lead to crying it's the only way they can kind of let it's that very different stress like out childhood too like after Halloween
0: the other night all my kids wanted to go trick-or-treating and I was like all right and Rosie who's three turning four had a obviously totally different experience to my five and seven year old because when she got home she was just so frustrated that we weren't reading this book and I was like all right this is like I guess this is it. you got to process all that shit you just saw and like mm-hmm. all exactly. that scary stuff mm-hmm. that you think gory. is scary yeah. and they think is fun. Like you've obviously perceived that totally different your experience and you're yeah. just like – and I'm like, okay, I guess she's had massive like our tantrum and cry. And I was like, all right. All right. So I guess that's no different. And then mm-hmm. I just – as adults and – But then we're so like how with babies, we, yeah. we label
1: it as colic and you're like, well, you could
0: probably do something that's true. There's or a, is, a sugar meltdown. Mm-hmm. I could have easily just said, oh, I've had a chocolate. That's you're right. losing it but really
2: They're, well they know that even about kids parties is actually not about the food it's the activity that mm. they have to deal with so that's why we stayed in the bedroom for a couple of weeks because um if you consider like rather than me having to hold that energetic boundary for them the bedroom does that because what person ...runs like a wild, crazy person into someone's bedroom. Like if anyone's going to come and visit My you... are <laughs> <well>, ...besides <laughs> your kids. But you know, like if nah. you've got your parents coming to visit... ...or someone's coming mm. to visit... ...there's this kind of reverence when you walk into someone else's room. Yeah. And when they see you in the bed... ...they revere where you've just been, where you are. Their voices change, everything changes. So we kind of set up this like just a chair for the mm. visitors... And they would come in and see us there if we didn't have many. But it was really like it was just an easy way to put down a boundary and go there's this really – this mystery is still taking place. They're here but they're not here. They're mm-hmm. still coming in. They're like everything mm-hmm. is – they're feeling everything and that's that passing around and all the things is another thing to digest. So – um So we did that but yeah so basically our third child I didn't rarely left the house for three months and happily like it was actually a happy thing for me Mm -hmm. but really funny is she is a real introvert like she actually is an introvert so I'm not really sure if I was doing that for me or for her (laughs) because it was like yeah it wasn't really Mm -hmm. like there's no rule book to it I just kind of followed that with her we'd go out in the pram only not in the car all those sort of things but it just was how our life was at that time. And, um, yeah, so there's some sort of this sort of sensitivity that she's got. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that we mm. kind of locked away for three months until mm. she had that full zodiac. But um, if people are looking up sort of Steiner um, pregnancy and birth, you might see um, these veils that people put over the bed. I don't know if you guys know about that. But you put a pink and a blue veil together over the baby's bed and uh there's many things written about that um you know some of the, some people saying it's the sort of the light that shed in your womb the color of that light it's like a violet light it's not um you know when you mm-hmm. close your eyes in the sun mm-hmm. and it's like orange but then it goes like a dark mm-hmm. violety color so some people say it's around that uh, some people say it's the color of the spiritual world like it's not an earthly color it's this sort of ...these two tones together. So it's not actually dying one thing. It's the two of them together that create this light. And so, you know, it's such an ideal to put it over a bed... ...because how much time does the baby spend Mm -hmm. in a bed in (laughs) six weeks? So we um, made curtains out of it for our bedroom... (laughs) very really nice next level yeah <laughs> we're just really taking the next step yeah <laughs> well again I'm just like well what is this because it, is it true is this real like how you know mm. so I know for myself that when I was in that light I, c- I can't really quite find a word for it but it did I just felt really held like it was you know because you look normal ...but you're not normal. You're still Mm. not fully back, you know. And so there was this sort of softness that that light created for me... ...to have that kind of there uh, with them. And um, yeah, I've still got some dye if you want some. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Because you only need a tiny bit. I have these big packets of this sun solar dye. If anyone wants to make them for us, like, that'd be great. We'll do it next time you're in. Melanie will just, like, get the buckets out and do it. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's really interesting to sort of recognise that he did kind of really talk about that um, when a human... ...when someone is taking up a life, um, a life, a human life... Uh, there's many ways he kind of spoke into that but also one of them was that smile at 6 weeks was a yes i'm in it's yeah. like it's a saying it's like the last signature on the contract for them to take up that destiny whatever that be so there's these incredible mysteries that he's talked about um and you know you can see it symbolically in babies but that's how i kind of then associate it to this christmas picture that yeah. as an adult we go through that Rebirthing and that awakening more and more to who we truly are, and the preparation required for that. And that's not necessarily at Christmas time, that can happen at any time of the year. But um, on like the spiritual festivals and how they're placed around the cycle of the year and the zodiac um, is significant to that. So how people want to sort of celebrate Christmas or how we could honour what's actually happening for a mother and this sort of picture that is a possibility of the awakening to something higher in ourselves if we choose, hmm. if we choose to do that. So um, so that's how we got... When you said to me, can you come and talk about Advent, I was like, well, <laughs> you guys are pregnant. <laughs> could be good to talk about that initiation. Yeah. And how then it's rather than someone saying this is what you should do at Christmas like consider that picture this like this birth of this incredibly unique individual coming in and that's happening on earth with this baby and these children and in their adulthood if they choose to they can continue to have this awakening to who they truly are and why they're here (laughs) Mm. so Christmas is a time for that ...for us in our house. <laughs> That's amazing. And so then what you get that? to do it every year. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what are, the, like, what are the things that you guys like, do on a practical sense?
2: Yeah, so on a practical level um, it's the four weeks before Christmas. So four Sundays before Christmas is what's called Advent. And it's that preparation and purification of this sort of time... And how we kind of work with that is by – well, one of the things that talked about was that each week was one of the four kingdoms that live within the human body. So the first kingdom being the mineral kingdom. And that mineral kingdom is our bones. You know, it's that like that mineral part of ourselves that gives us form. And so on that week of Advent we collect stones and uh, shells and crystals from the mineral kingdom and we have like a little – um, table set up with that and we light a candle at that one candle and we sing a song. It's an Advent song, <laughs> which I'm not going to sing for you. No, you don't. But, the, <laughs> but um, it just is acknowledging this mineral part of us. Mm. Without the minerals, we would not be. Mm. So in the world, I mean, these this mineral kingdom, this has been here for millions of years, These these minerals. How many mm-hmm. human beings have they... How many times have we seen these minerals as we pass through? So the first week is that, and then the second week is the plant kingdom. So going, moving from mineral to life—that's the life forces. That's what moves around us and makes us alive. So the minerals not alive, the plants are, and that's our um, etheric body or our life—you know, our life forces. So when you're like tired and limp, and but you're still alive, it's those forces are really low. So when you're pregnant, you're in a like unlimited stream of that, interestingly. Cause you've got I wouldn't know. Couldn't <laughs> know about it. Because you've got the etheric of the baby and you in housed in one body. So you often have that time where you start peeking and feeling really good because you've you're under false circumstances. <laughs> you're under false circumstances. You've got the second. So then we, you know, honour this through obviously through plants and the song again acknowledges that without life. ...we would not be alive. And then the third kingdom is the animal kingdom. And that's our, like, um, our feelings and our activity, you know. So how the animal world, like, react out of their sort of animal nature. They like, dislike, go towards something, don't go towards something. And you can perceive that with, you know, with your horses... ...like we've just talked about. There's this real activity of connection... ...but when you're not there, they don't think about you. Mm. Yeah. just They're just drawn to you when you're there, drawn to food, drawn to other things and that's that feeling life that we have. So what separates the human is this ego, this I, the, the part of ourselves that can look upon ourselves and consider life and others and that is the fourth week. So these are all this preparation of this sort of four parts of my being that um, is um, – ...makes it possible for this Christ child, this, this higher mm-hmm. part to be born. Wow. <laughs> and um, so with all the sort of, I guess all the junk that goes on with Christmas... ...it's really important to us to have that because um, not, it's nothing to do with Christmas. I just want them to know that in their future... ...if they choose to, Mm. they can continue a path of self-development... ...and they already know these are there. So how our children are considering it is this song every night... ...and songs about, you know, we light the candles, we put the candles out... ...we tell stories. Um, But what's going on for my husband and I is the adult version of that. Like really honouring these four subtle bodies. Which also makes it again easier to look at your child and go... This is incredible, like isn't it? Like it's incredible yeah. to think these four subtle bodies are in this human being and they can make you feel run ragged And um, but it's an absolute spiritual being there mm-hmm. that I'm not above, you know, but I'm the shepherd of getting you to adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> so and then uh, for Christmas all the candles disappear and there's just the – one candle on its own. So, we do have a nativity scene. Again, it's just symbolism. It's not actually um this kind of Christian idea. It's this esoteric picture mm-hmm. around, you know, the humble little stable, our little humble body, you know. The, mm-hmm. Even the pictures of the nativity scene are, spe- are speaking to these four subtle bodies and that the masculine and feminine of Mary and Joseph, that's not two different people. It's the parts of ourselves so when you're pregnant your masculine has to really drop out so that the feminine can be in that really you know so that's kind of why you need your partner around to hold (laughs) the. do you know do you feel Mm. it Mm -hmm. where you kind of feel them really holding that boundary for you because you've gone you're going really soft you have to Mm. to allow that baby to take up more space so so the Christmas picture for us is less about trying to make it fit into Australia because it it fits as a human experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. cold and the snow, like when you're in the, the dark night of your own experience of growth, you feel the darkness there. And what is it that keeps you going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's this little, this one star that shows you the way. And, uh, and then it does go on until the 6th of January. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't end there because then you've got the 12 holy nights. Mm-hmm. where um, there's an image that that's where you're spoken to by the angels. So there's only these sort of time where the veil between um, earth and the spiritual worlds open up and that's around your birthday mm-hmm. and Christmas is another one where there's this sort of opening. Again, doesn't matter where you are on the earth because these 12 holy nights are a time where you can have um, dreams or um revelations about your year ahead interesting have a look at what we do at that time of the year Party, <laughs> <woo-hoo>. <laughs> isn't that funny yeah, the time where you could be most conscious away from that really. exactly
0: mm-hmm. yeah i don't do that anymore i go to bed like the same time as my kids <laughs> on new year's even
1: we get i feel like one of our running themes. it's probably a good time to go and be like it is in nature.
2: it is a really good time to you know and that's the thing is like when, you, when I talk about this sort of solitude or this quietness, it doesn't mean my children are quiet, mm. but I'm living in a different way inwardly. And, you know, I have to say that turning up to Advent every night, sometimes I'm just like dragging my feet because it's like, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> because, again, any time you're just about to grow the not wanting to, to let go resistance. of yourself has mm. to be there and mm. so
1: does that remind you of transition
2: like. <laughs> exactly exactly when you're on the edge and you think i can't do this just before the birth is about to take place and mm. so you can see just like from a human development point of view there's so much to it and it can be as spiritual as you want it to be or not but there's this symbol point that we all understand that resistance and that the chaos, you know, like in Advent everyone feels really busy and pushed and arguments start happening and there's this like real like discord just before this, the birth of this highest um, I. So, yeah, so I thought it was really interesting that you asked me to speak into that because it is really on another level going on, you know, Mm. for you as well and um, how much you want to question that for yourself is up to you mm. <laughs> you know you might go whatever I'm not doing that I'm just going to plan my birth No, I was <laughs> actually just thinking because we've been talking about like what we're going to do with these because the first time
0: we've ever had school holidays right I'm like what are we going to do like I feel like we have to it'd be really nice to like really make the most of it and I'm like I just don't know what I'm going to do and now we're going camping <laughs> for boxing day for 12 days
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's something really beautiful about um that epiphany picture again like on that 6th of January when the three kings arrived and I mean you need my husband just would speak really well into this but these these was actually four of them but three of them only arrived and they followed the stars they were astrologists and they followed the stars to sort of find this way towards this happening and um, again on that day like Sometimes there's just this huge revelation, and sometimes there's not, because that actually can happen at any time of the year. Yeah, <laughs> do you know? And yeah. that's We're like not locked into. But that there's date. this there's this time where, from a cosmic level, you're um, supported to experience that. Mm. But then you get to know it at other times of the year. So there is um, one of the teachers that I work with, Lisa Romero. She's uh, got this inner work path. Um, let ...she does the lectures around the um, spiritual year. So she does four lectures a year following the, following the spiritual year... ...which is including um, Michaelmas and St John's... ...and then um, Christmas and Easter. And so anyone who kind of wants to take that inner development on that... ...I would definitely recommend doing that. And so then as a family we've been going... ...how do we take some of these true pictures and bring them into our family not to indoctrinate the children but to live it you know what I mean because we have all these ideas like anyone can meditate on a mountain but to be in that space in your home is like tricky it's a lot harder yeah you've got a lot more distractions it is mm. and to um to learn that yeah.
1: I would imagine would give that much more resilience which is something that we're both well, I think really it's like the keen true on essence
0: of it right it's like yeah. I Recently I've been seeing a lot of people saying um, it's all good to like do ayahuasca and meditation and all the spiritual trials or whatever you want to call it but have you ever tried just sitting with your really hard feelings and emotions and most people can't but mm-hmm. I guess it's the same thing. Like yeah. actually applying some of these things into your family which is always usually quite loud and chaotic is yeah. much harder than... You know, And it is actually... putting the picture on the wall of whatever it may... The that's thing, right. ...or your like family, you know, manifesto. Like this is what we are but we don't actually do any of it. <laughs> well, that's exactly yeah. right. I
2: think a lot of children today don't actually have reverence... ...because there's no place to learn reverence. Like when you're kids or whatever, you might go to church... ...and no one does that anymore... ...but people are still looking for this place to drop... ...and just for one moment in the day. Like that actual circle... That lighting of the candles literally over in 15 minutes. Like I don't know why I'm so resistant sometimes, because I mean I do know why, but so um, and so there's this thing, you know, where we're sitting, you know, we're sitting and we're with it, and they're learning to revere and to live in wonder. And to live in wonder is like to be able to take in all this like this experience of all these things that are coming towards us. And so where do we get the option for that? Like we go to the beach, we abuse the beach. We go to the forest, we abuse. The, you know what I mean? Mm. Like even, so it's fine for them to be children, but like to li- we have to cultivate reverence as well because mm. where you can't learn that yeah. <laughs> later on. Yeah. Could you could you
1: um, expand on? like going to the beach and abusing the beach for people who are like I don't abuse the beach or the forest
2: well I'm just more going yeah like when when we walk past and we just rip things off trees and we're not actually connected to or we you know cut things and take them home like that type of thing is Mm -hmm. that we're not revering that there's there's energetic beings that are participating the sand the mineral kingdom you know and of course we dig holes and do all of that but it's like ...this recognition that you're in um, an exchange with something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, that little kid's like... ...it's so, you know, you just want to run your hand up the fern... ...and bring all the things off and you don't want to shame them... ...and say that's naughty, you've got to look after the environment... ...but to go, oh, how do I show them how to care for it as well? Mm. So... You know, like I was swimming the other day. Um, I went up to a school up north and got a chance to have a little swim on the Sunshine Coast. (laughs) And just just so deeply grateful for the net of the ocean that just held me, you know, and supported me to be able to do my work. And it's like that's what I mean is like how awake are we to how much the forests are giving us Mm. and how much the ocean gives to us, you know. So, um, and not to, again, you don't have to bring it to attention to the children, but we turn up us doing it, you know, that we're not disconnected from that. Taking all the shells home and, you know, it's like, uh, (laughs) leave them here. But also that revering that there's this sort of cycle of life going on. Mm. They don't have to be afraid of it. But, you know, there's many philosophers that have said if you want children to save the earth, yeah, they have to love it. Yeah. And part of loving the earth is revering the earth and, you know, sometimes it is cl- really fun to climb a tree and sometimes it's really important we just sit under a tree and let it nourish us mm. and give back to the tree as well. So um, what, are, what are we cultivating? And that's part of this kind of spirit-led life in a way that, you know what I mean? Mm. We're just not habitants of the earth but we're participating yeah in the earth so um yeah so the advent thing's interesting because we often start off with us and then by the end of it we've got like many people coming to our house <laughs> this year we're thinking about we did it a lot a couple of years ago we opened up at one of the preschools you know I had like 50 families coming once a, every Sunday for four Sundays before because they're we're ...people are looking for something and it's mm. not a church at all. It's not. It's just this time to... It's just a ritual. Yeah. Like, mm. That's right. And so it's interesting because my girls are um, both going up to Woodford... Cause one's playing and the other one's partner's playing... ...and they're like, you want to come to Woodford, mum? And they're like, oh no, you've got your holy nights. <laughs> <laughs> I said I would go if someone could just helicopter me in... ...to listen to you guys <laughs> sing and then I could just leave... You can do a day. We did a day trip
1: last year, actually.
2: But But it is a beautiful
0: place, Woodford, I reckon. You could get in and get out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, It's just a lot, you know. It is. Mm. There's a lot of perception going on. You know, any sort of arguments that I have with my partner in that 12 Holy Nights, I write them down. (laughs) Just like this is this is something. This is actually Mm. something for our year ahead. Gosh, and how many couples fight on like New Year's Eve, <laughs> <laughs> or just like New Year's Day, or something? I know there's a lot. Yeah, well, and even around
1: Christmas, like Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is, just, is hectic. It's so hectic. Wild. It is hectic, yeah. and that's
2: the thing is like, I don't, you know, I actually don't even really know why people celebrate Christmas. Actually, like if you I know think what I mean, lots
1: of people don't know why they do it. That's it's right. It's just like this commercial exactly. indoctrination that you've grown up with, yeah. and. It's mm. Santa Claus and presents yeah. and, yeah, and it's I remember... It's so hard to break out of it though. Yeah. I remember I've been... Especially like if when all your other family
0: kids, is celebrating. We tried to reinvent it or figure it out or, like, well, it started because we just didn't want our kids to have this overflow of crappy plastic toys <laughs> and things like that. And obviously it doesn't... It's really hard to ask your family of that. And then we're like, well, what is it? Like, should we just, like... I went through the and was Like, what? I'm not even going to bother celebrating it. It's just like, and we made a driftwood tree, and like, <laughs> we've gone through like lots of all trying of to figure out yeah, what, yeah. how we want to do it, and what it means, and like what we want our kids to look at it as, and yeah, it's hard. It's hard to break out of that, out of what we've been raised to. Yeah, yeah. it is too, because
2: ours. I think that's how when we kind of purchase gifts for them, we I consider what would. Assist ...this person forward in their next year. So and it might be a toy but Mm. it's recognising this toy... ...is going to take them through a year of life. Mm. And even that to me is like, you know, just again... ...that symbol of these revelations or these changes we have... ...and then they carry us through the year ahead. So the gifts from living Christmas in an awakened way... ...carry you through the year. Mm. And the same with the children. It's like what could I... ...give you, even though it's material, that's kind of recognises that it is going to carry you through this Mm -hmm. year. I think it's
0: actually a really good reminder is when choosing gifts is just that. Like there's no need to have things, so many things, like just the things that will actually benefit them for the year. They'll get something, enrich their year ahead.
2: Yeah, that's right. And that's mm. it. Could be a toy that is, you know, exactly where they are, mm. but um, it's just that that again for me that thought of rather than yes, this is the automa- automatic way of acting, but what is the what's a true way mm. right now? Might be not that next year, and that's partly again back to the baby picture again is like doesn't matter how I've done it before, what's true here between you and I mm. now. ...you know, and, um, you know, the clothes they wear or what... ...you know, what, all the things, like, there's, it's just that consideration. So it's, um, yeah, it's just a small little mm. peek into that. But I just thought it was an interesting time to... ...even though you're both going through the actual earth version of that... <laughs> how, to, ...how does everyone get something from this idea... ...of even seeing a pregnant person and going... ...this incredible mystery is taking place. Mm.
0: I've been pregnant four out of five times over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this seriously? Rosie was born November eleven, So she was the only one who I didn't... There you
2: go. Yeah. Wow. It's very special.
0: You do You're it pregnant anyway. over Christmas. Mm. I love it. Or, well, because I've always conceived in like June or July. Yeah. And so... Or around then. And so, yeah, it's always been like the same... Same timeline, same time frame. Is that Rosie? She just had to be
2: the rogue one. (laughs) She is the rogue one. (laughs) She has to throw around your idea of life into something else. Born on the 11th of the 11th. (laughs) Yeah. It's coming. But I'm happy to... I mean, look, we've got shabby old pieces of paper with all this written down. But if some if people wanted to get the songs that we sing, I'm happy to share them with you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We have we have changed, there is an Advent song that we changed um some of the words um f- instead of having Christ, we have the love being, for example. Just it just sits well with me. Mm. Um, but I also understand these symbol, these Christ being symbols, but I know for mm. some people there's a real barrier around that, and it doesn't allow them to let the the esoteric symbol speak. Mm. So um, I'm happy to mm. let you know. ...our songs, our lighting of the candle and blowing out of the candle songs. I'll put it in our questionnaire (laughs) on Spotify... ...and people
1: sing out if you want it we'll get it to you. Uh, I'm curious. (laughs) I want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I feel like we covered a lot. (laughs) But also not enough.
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many topics. I think we should have like the Melanie show or the Melanie series.
1: Yeah, because we did actually have... um, a few questions on, I mean, r- recently, and I'm gonna derail this conversation. We're done with this conversation now. But <laughs> recently, <laughs> recently, we did have um, Joe Robinson, who is a sex therapist, who I was talking to mm-hmm. about earlier, um, on, and and someone had actually asked us to ask you about sex education for our children and how to bring that in in a Steiner way. Yeah, so age appropriate and all of these things which I don't think we're going to get time to do right (laughs) now but Melanie it would be a really good one I think for our next conversation
2: (laughs) yeah well that would be good because that's actually the work I do with uh many schools around I can say the world now because I just got back from Taiwan working with the schools over there um yeah so we do work with this healthy relationships program from class four all the way through to class 12 Mm -hmm. so um Yeah. bring me back. Yes. They can also check our website. There is all the sort of um, content that we work with there as well. But it is a big question and, you know, at at the basis of it is if we can recognise this spiritual individual being that is going through a growth process from birth to adulthood, how would we strengthen them to face any questions that we have? You know, Mm -hmm. I think we... ...do meet a lot of these questions from the intellect or from fear... ...but if we can really um, school and honour and revere this this spiritual being... ...and strengthen their relationship to themselves... ...then a lot of the questions we have won't be a question anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy to speak into that. it would be amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've we've already mentioned your website which we'll link to again. Yeah. I think it's actually on our first conversation. Mm-hmm. And is there any any other things coming up for you, Melanie? Uh, this, will, this will air just before Christmas, so.
2: Yeah, so only that I'm off to Adelaide next week and then Cairns and then I'm kind of quietening down for the rest of the year. But I would recommend if if people are interested in working um, from an adult perspective with this work to go to innerworkpath.com and um, sign up to the Advent Workshop with Lisa because it's really um, powerful work and it's, it's many, many people from all over the world are joining and it's really lovely to sort of um, have a place to live consciously and if, if this work speaks to you then follow that through for sure
1: amazing we'll link to that as well <laughs> thank you again <laughs> so much Ruinie, <laughs> for coming in it's always a pleasure and we look forward to our next conversation yes see you then bye <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the road to wisdom podcast to join the journey you can follow us on instagram at the road to and www.theroadtowisdompodcast.com Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We look forward to seeing you next week
2: with more juicy content.